0: Hey everybody, welcome to Just for Variety. I'm your host, Mark Malkin. Today is February 21st, 2023. And today I'm having a full circle career moment. Pep Midler was the first celebrity I ever interviewed about 28 years ago when I was working at Premiere Magazine. I shadowed the divine Miss M and her then producing partner, Bonnie Bruckheimer, for a day for the Movie Mag's annual Women in Hollywood issue. And now, almost three decades later, Midler is today's guest on Just for Variety. I caught up with Midler ahead of the Costume Designers Guild Awards, where she will be honored with the Distinguished Collaborator Award. Midler and I talk about her early days playing New York's legendary gay bathhouse, the Continental Baths, why she's getting ready to auction off more of her wardrobe collection, and she reveals why she'd love to be on the White Lotus. I'll have Bette Midler coming up right after this short break. Welcome back to Just For Variety. I'm talking to Bette Midler. The Hollywood icon made her Broadway debut in 1967 in Fiddler On The Roof. What has followed in the more than 50 years since is a career that has crossed music, television, and movies. She's been nominated for two Oscars and won just as many Tonys. On February 27th, she'll be presented with the Distinguished Collaborator Award at the Costume Designers Guild Awards in Beverly Hills. Here's Bette Midler. Hi. Hi, Bette Midler. It's Mark Malkin.
1: Hi, Mark. How are you?
0: I'm good. How are you? I'm
1: good. I'm, I'm very well. Thank you.
0: Thank you so much for doing Just for Variety. This makes me very happy. I'm so pleased. Um, What I keep telling people, because you won't remember, but I've told you in the past, it's a full circle moment. 28 years ago, you were my first big celebrity interview. Wow. I followed you and Bonnie Bruckheimer for a day for Premier's Women in Film issue. Oh, Oh my
1: gosh. Gosh, that was a long time ago.
0: Yeah, we went to a meeting at Ed Lamato's office. I had no idea who he was.
1: Oh, oh my
0: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh i loved him he was such a nice guy god yes. great guy and then we went and met with mark shaman so you could go over the music for first wives club uh-huh
1: uh-huh
0: sounds like a full day <laughs> oh it was a full day i was in the town car with Bette midler it was you know i kept telling everyone this is better than my bar mitzvah period <laughs> <of the end. laughs>
1: so so you've been so you've been out of for 28
0: years wow i've been out of for 28 years Years and I absolutely love it as much as the day that I interviewed you. Isn't that great? That's just great. I'm I, so I think it's thrilling. I'm so fortunate and blessed. You know, I've been in L.A. now for the past 19 years, but when I go back to New York, because I was in New York for 10 years, people say you still like it. I said I would hope so. Wow, isn't that fantastic?
1: I think that's thrilling.
0: I pinch myself every day, and I'm pinching myself that I'm talking to you. So again. <laughs> just <laughs> not the last time. That's enough. Oh, that's right. You know what? I have nothing to say. Um, <laughs> but you are getting the Distinguished Collaborator Award at the Costume Designers Guild Awards.
1: Yeah, I'm thrilled. I think it's when, fantastic.
0: When the news came out, you tweeted, you said, from hot dogs to feathers to dripping in Swarovski, I have worn it all.
1: Yes, and it's the truth.
0: Do you remember the first professional fitting you had to go to?
1: Uh, the very, very, very first fitting was probably Fiddler on the Roof mm-hmm. in the uh, mid '60s. I think it was, um, maybe '67. Yeah. And of course, I I I loved that show. I was that was my first Broadway show. Yeah. Uh, and I um, didn't get another one until fifty years later. But, <laughs> but it taught me a lot i the costumes every costume every every thread was aged it was it was the most beautiful thing i'd ever the most beautiful show i'd ever seen up until that time mm-hmm. and uh the costumes moved so beautifully and i i never i remember the um um they were um they were layers and layers thick so that they had weight and so that they right. moved Uh, moved when you danced and it was that they would curl themselves around your feet I mean it was so beautiful it was so Mm. it was lit so beautifully and the set was so gorgeous and of course the acting was superb and the woman who played um, who played the mother was um, uh, Golda was a a ballerina and she had Jerry Robbins knew her in the old old days they had been in a, a ballet theater together and when she got when he got that job, when he when he signed up for Fiddler on the Roof, he cast her, and she was superb. Mm. I've never other acting was I never forgot it. I never recovered from it. Really, she was fantastic. So yes, yes I've worn them all. I have been an old lady, a young lady, a witch, uh, a mermaid, a showgirl, a stripper, a bad uh, you know a poor a bad a bad, uh, a bad uh, lounge singer, <laughs> not too hard. <laughs> and I've just done. I've, I've done. I've run the gamut and I've, I have to say it's been a blast. It's just been a blast. And I wouldn't have been as much fun if I hadn't met those people, those right. costumers who just bent over backwards to uh, to help me not with what just what I saw uh, in my mind, but also it embellished what I saw and really mm-hmm. kind of uh, brought it to fruition. They were superb. And I just love, love, love this
0: award. This is one of my favorite awards that I've ever received. Awesome. So I do have to ask you, though, when you're playing the continental baths, do you worry about what you're going to wear?
1: Well, actually, you do, because that was a very discerning audience. <laughs> you'd, <laughs> you'd be surprised they weren't wearing any, They were they were wearing bathrobes, you know, but uh, they were very discerning. They were the creme de la creme. And that was quite a quite a generation we had there. So, of course, I worried and I was I was in rags, but they were stylish.
0: Can you just take me back to that first performance at the Continental Baths?
1: Um, I was, I got this job through a, a, a teacher of mine at the Berghoff studio named Robert Elston, Elton, Elston, Elston. And he was a lovely man and he taught a, a, a musical class. And I was sitting in the class and I would get up and do my my three songs every now and again. And he he called me out of the blue. I hadn't seen him in years. He called me out of the blue and he said, uh, "My friend has a, a nightclub in the basement of a hotel, and he'd like for you to uh, be the be the performer." And I said, "Oh, okay, uh, all right." And it paid three hundred dollars for the two nights, which was more money than I'd ever heard seen in my life. And so I my I and my hairdresser, a wonderful man named Bill Hennessy, Mister G, and I went to uh, went to this basement in the uh, in the in the hotel, and he told me he. I think it was he. He, he was the one who told me that it was a, a gay bathhouse. Oh, oh, that's the baths, and I said, "What the heck, heck's that?" And he said, "Oh, it's a, a, a gay bathhouse." And I said, "Well, you better come with me because I have I'm, I'm clueless." So he did, and we have, have had a, had a kind of a partnership. And the first night, I they had a um, kind of a barber shop, <laughs> in the, of the floor like of a course they hall. did. Uh, yeah, a barber. Why would they had a barber shop in the middle of the floor? I have no idea. But if there was a barber chair in it and mirrors, I'll never forget. And they were in there sort of to t- deciding what I was going to say and everything. And the and the, the owner, the the owner and host, uh, Stephen Ostro, poked his head in and said, uh, Steve Ostro." and said, w- w- how shall I introduce you? I said, just tell them I'm divine. And of he had heard my, uh, my hair, heard Bill, who I used to call Mr. G. He heard Bill calling me Miss M. Bill always called hey. Miss M. So he, he, call, he heard them. He knew that that was my nickname. And so he said, here's the divine Miss M. And so whatever it was I did, I don't actually remember what I was wearing, some raggedy ass thing. And uh, the, the band was very good. Only three pieces. Excellent yeah. band. The keyboard player was absolutely sensational. Billy Cunningham, never forgot him. And yeah. uh It was just a blast from start to finish. They were very—I don't think they would have cared what I sang. (laughs) They were just happy to see me. So, and I was nobody. I mean, I didn't know. They didn't know me. I didn't know them. But they were just so chuckled, you know, chuffed that there was this woman, you know, (laughs) strutting out of a brown barber shop, you know, to the stage and singing jokes and singing songs and telling jokes. So, it was a match made in heaven.
0: Well, you know, you know, that, that obviously that's become iconic and it means so much to generations and generations of gay men. And it is just, you know, I can't help but think of the men who were watching you and how many obviously are no longer with us.
1: Oh, my God. That was a terrible, 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 terrible thing. Oh. That was a horrible thing to have lived through. Horrible, horrible. Or you, even, you know, stepped
0: up. Beth. You stepped up. You were one of the people. Well, I did.
1: There. I stepped up, and I didn't understand what, why nobody else. Well, let, many, many people stepped up, but the, mm-hmm. the the damage was so enormous, and the it was just so shocking. It was all so shocking. Yeah. And, uh, uh, you know, I mean, now there's shocks every day, but they're not. I think that was one of the earliest ones. Well, no, the yeah. Holocaust was probably
0: the earliest. Right. I don't know. What a world. What a world. So let's go back to costumes. Do you own any of the costumes or wardrobes that you've worn in the past?
1: I sold a lot at Julian's auction and I kept everything. I kept everything. I mean, I'm I'm like a magpie. I love sparkle, (laughs) sparkling. So I kept everything, but then the, 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 um, the storage became overwhelming and I couldn't tell one thing I didn't know where any of it was and so I said I should divest myself of all this and so the first I had the first auction a few years ago at Julian's and now I'm getting ready to do another one because as much as I love this stuff I don't think I'm going to wear it anymore I'm going to wear it again so yeah. someone else should have it and they should have get a lot as much joy out of it
0: as I did what is that piece that you want to see up for auction that people are going to, Jaws are going to drop?
1: I actually don't know. I mean, I, everybody has their own favorite characters. I don't own the, the um, um, I don't own a lot of the film things. I own the, the wardrobe to the Rose and that I will probably give to an institution. Uh, but mm-hmm. mm, I, I don't really, I didn't put that in my contract that I wanted to own. own. Although I know a lot of people do, I didn't. So mm-hmm. um, if all that stuff went back into stock. So, I mean, even a uh, hocus pocus went back into stock. Wow. So um, um, it's all, you know, life is, it, it's so temporal. It's all, you know, it's, you can't, it's, can't it's take not, it with
0: you. Normal. You can't take it with you.
1: You cannot take it with you. And the best thing to do is to make sure that people who loved you have a piece of whatever it was that made them happy about you, a piece of you and you know, for old time's sake. But, you know, even two generations, after two generations, nobody remembers anyway. So, you know, it's kind of great being in film. I mean, a lot of film really does last the years. Yeah. And I'm very grateful for that. But getting back to the costumers. So I have met the greats and the I have met, I've worked with absolutely the top of the line. And I have to say, I'm so grateful to them for all their, the care and the, you know, the time and the patience and the beaters, and the, mm. the embroiderers, and the trapuntos. I mean, I, I'm so grateful to all of them, to their crews, their staffs, uh, for lavishing all this attention on me. And um, I mean, because I really would not have been the same performer without them. Oh. You know, they No, really, truly, I would not have been. Because you know, when you're in a fabulous costume, you just feel fabulous. Mm. And you know people want you to move around and show that damn thing off. And I think that's just so great. And, um, I mean, a lot of, in the old days, you know, people like Lady Mendel, she, these people made the, the people, these people were clothes horses. They couldn't act for, at all, but they would, they wore the latest Paris fashion. So people, right. you know, the people would flock to the women would flock to the theater to see what, you know, so-and-so was wearing this, this time. And I think there's a little bit of that certainly in my work and, and some of the more performative women in, and even the men, mm. uh, Harry Styles comes to mind, um, but Lady Gaga and Madonna and all, and then Cher, of course, who was you know really tore it up with Bob Mackie. And of course, I have to say Bob Mackie is one of the. His sense of humor is so wicked, and I was very very lucky to work with him early on. He made me a chicken uh, suit, which <laughs> for which I will be forever grateful. Yeah. And um. Um. Yeah, chickens th- Chickens are do feature very largely in my life. It's very odd. I keep chickens now, but in the old days, I didn't keep chickens. And yet, I have wore, been a chicken at least three times that I can think of. I've worn chicken costumes at least three times.
0: <laughs> you've, been, you've been typecast as a chicken.
1: <laughs> oh. Anyway, oh, my God. What a strange, you know. Looking back after at all these years, it yeah. is so. It's so peculiar. It is such a peculiar career, and yet it's um, and yet it's been a riot and a blast. I so I guess it's very it is idiosyncratic. It's very much me. It's very much what I like. What I who I am. So what they makes- really made me. They really made the costumers. I have to say, the costumers really made me made me aware of who I was and who and what I could do and what I could wear. You know, they they were very helpful. And, you know, you you're, you have this flaw, you have that flaw, we're gonna cover this, we're gonna cover that, we're gonna right. do this, we're gonna do that, until it's like a construct, you know, it's construction. It's, and, art. it's art. It's art. It is art. It's craftsmanship and it's art. And I just, I, I, I look forward to every fitting. I mean, a lot of people hate fittings, not me. I love fittings. I don't. You don't get anything to eat, and you don't get anything to drink. But to stand there and watch this process is so magical. I cannot. And from the muslin, from the very first one, up until the very, you know, the very end when the thing comes to life and you're in it and it's finished, it is just. There's nothing. There's no. There's. There. There are no words to explain it. It's just magic. Just magic. Pure magic.
0: We're going to take a short break right now, but when we return, Midler revealed what happened when her daughter, Sophie, told her she wanted to be an actress. Plus, she talks about wanting to be on The White Lotus. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Justin Variety. Here's more of Bette Midler. When will we get more stories? You released a memoir in 1980. You did a re-release of it. Will we get more?
1: Well, you know, I've been asked mm-hmm. and I think it's very nice, <laughs> but I for many people, but I don't I'm kind of private. You know, I don't mm-hmm. I mean I live my 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 life on the stage. Yeah. You know, and if you see my shows, you know who I am. Yeah. And you know my story. So I kind of don't feel that there's really any need to, I'm, I, I might, I'd i like to, I'm, I'd like to write a, maybe a, uh, an advice book or mm. a, a manner, a book manners, <laughs> 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 how, how to behave in the, you know, in the, in, in the plugged in world, uh, what's, mm. what's done and what's not done. Uh, but I don't think that that's really in the cards. I don't think a memoir is in the cards. I, 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 I know that, you know, a lot of people have a lot to say, but I'm not one of them.
0: Will we ever see a Bette Midler biopic? Will we see a movie about biopic?
1: I, that's what my daughter used to call them.
0: Biopic, Little girl biopics. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, she's in a biopic. Uh, um, Will I see a biopic? Well, my daughter and I are t- 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 two peas. So mm. if she wants to, she can have it, because I have all the stuff.
0: Mm. But I don't
1: think that's really what, I don't think that's what she's
0: aiming for. Listen,
1: and her picture is opening this weekend.
0: I know her publisher yeah, reached out to me about interviewing her. And I said, I'm very interested. Oh, she's an angel. She's the greatest kid that ever walked. I love her. I just what love did her. you what did you tell her when she said she wanted to get in the business?
1: I she was very no, she didn't ask me. Mm. She was very young. I think I was going through some kind of mental stress, which I do from time to time. And I said to her, "If you ever go into show business, I'll kill you." And she remembered that her entire life,
0: oh. and I think
1: it informed her, and it, she took it very, very seriously. And uh, so she didn't. She she did a few shows, and when she was a kid, but she never expressed a need or a want or a desire to mm. uh, to uh, go into the business. And so when she came home from China one year, she spent her a year in China doing work for a PR company, she, um, she said, I've, I've decided I'm going to go back to school. I said, Oh, what are you going to get a PhD? What do you want to do? She said, I want to become an actress. And I, my f- mouth fell open because I said, but you were never in any plays. And she just lost it because she reminded me that I had said that. And I, you know, parent, you have to be really careful, yeah. you have be careful because things do have words do have consequence and they do, they they can hurt and they can, you know, destroy, you know, fragile dreams. So I, of course, I learned a good lesson, but it was way too late for that. Still, she went back. She went to drama school. She's had a fabulous time. She she works all the time and I just couldn't be prouder. I just worship her.
0: I, I can't help it. I worship her. Do you remember why you told her? I'll kill you if you. Want.
1: I think I think I was going through something. I think I was going through something. I was having a really rough time. Mm. With, uh, I think with some that was with, with a crew member or a, somebody who had quit my quit the the show. Or I I mean it was there was something stressful in my life because I don't really talk like that. I mean I love this business. I mean right. I'm cuckoo. I'm, I am I'm, I I actually am probably the biggest fan of show business uh alive today i mean i'm i'm cynical but i'm also incredibly enthusiastic because Mm. i love the creative i love the creative part of it you know i love the writing i love to read good writing i love to see i love the process it is a thoroughly collaborative business you don't do it by yourself unless you're you know you're a stand-up comic with no help right and uh i've just i've met the most i've had the best time i've met the most wonderful people. I've also met the most awful people. And, you know, you can't have one without the other. So I've, I've lived a very, I've, I've been living a really exciting and, and fulfilling life. So I have just so much great, I'm so much gratitude, just
0: so much gratitude. Was there a role that got away? Oh, they all get away. Are you kidding? Which one did you want? They get
1: away or I turn them down. Well, when
0: uh, you're thinking about
1: sister act was, I think might even have been written for me. Sister Act was, they came to me with Sister Act, and I said, get this, my fans don't want to see me in a wimple. <laughs> Can you believe that? How off the wall is that? How crazy is that? Wow. Wow is right. So, and, and they called, Jeffrey Katzenberg called me like every day. Please, please. And Almost I stood my ground, only, I think because I really was afraid of the costume. And that really, I think, is the truth. I was afraid of that costume.
0: This, and, comes, um, from, this comes from the woman who's who's uh, been in a chicken uh, costume. Isn't
1: that amazing? I can wear anything but a nun's habit.
0: <laughs> wow.
1: Wow That's is right. Anyway, um, Whoopi wrote, wore it all the way to the bank. So God bless her. And she was perfect for it. And um, then uh, Misery. Misery, that was a good one. What? Uh, yeah, i I couldn't I just couldn't I re- I, I, know. I just couldn't I couldn't it was too violent I couldn't do it I couldn't do it I mean I mean the character was so <laughs> so not funny so without any qualities of, re- of redemption I mean really come on she cut off a foot come on who does that so <laughs> and you know what why are you
0: laughing because <laughs> ama- I'm imagining you cutting off a foot.
1: Oh, please
0: talk about humorless.
1: (laughs) (laughs) You know, I just, you know, I I get on my, on these, on these tears where Mm. I get very kind of like, very kind of, I don't think people should see this. I don't think people should be exposed to this. I mean, it's the same thing when I start screaming about gun, gun control. I, I mean, it really, people should not kill each other. They really just shouldn't kill each other. So I don't think it's right to make, I really don't think it's good or healthy to make things that are so unbelievably violent that people imitate them.
0: Mm. What TV sorry, show? I, so, what TV show are you watching that you enjoy? Well, I on TV. TV. Um, and don't tell me C-SPAN.
1: N- no, I don't watch C-SPAN. <laughs> that is violent. That is. Violent. <laughs> um, what are we watching? Oh, we're trying to watch a little bit of everything, but. Uh, you know, we try, try to try to watch a little bit of everything because when it's marketed, you you kind of know, or when someone calls you up word of mouth, you right. kind of know, you, you know, you, you take a shot. But to just scroll through and say, this looks good, it all kind of looks the same. Mm. So you do need some guidance. And I keep saying that and that nobody pays any attention to me because I'm just, you know, too old to count. But um, when someone tells me, oh, you got to watch this, this is fabulous. I will do it. Sometimes I don't like it, but at least I give it a shot. So, um, wait a second now. I have it on the tip of my tongue. Um, uh, poker face, a lot of fun.
0: Yeah. You like poker face.
1: White Lotus, a lot of fun. I, I, I kind of oh, like, well,
0: so Bette Midler, Lo- white Lotus season three, would you do it? Oh, please. Of course. In the New York minute. Yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: What do oh, you like <laughs> about
1: it? They look like they're having so much fun. Oh, of course they're probably, it's, it's TV. So they, how much fun could they be having? Um, um, what what
0: what, what do you it? like about White Lotus?
1: Oh well, it's it's kind of it's um, it's a it's, a, it's a, a big send up. It's mm-hmm. uh, he, he 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 pokes fun at the worst kind of people, yeah. you know, truly entitled, and uh, you know, rich people behaving badly. And everybody likes to see their, them get their comeuppance. So I really mm-hmm. enjoy that. And there's you know, it's it's the haves of the the, the great you know, the great saga of the haves and the have nots, right. which is eternal. So uh, at least it's funny. Mm. Um, <laughs> I do have, I must say, I must say, I have to be careful what I say because you can get, you know, into so much trouble.
0: Well, what you I, uh, say?
1: I do tend to watch the stuff that I, that's, I don't want to say hopeful, but I do like to laugh. I love to laugh. Mm. that's just not enough laughter. So I really do look for the stuff that makes me laugh.
0: That's what my, I have told everyone, I literally say it constantly, 2023 is my year of joy. You gotta, gotta. What I, what I keep doing is, friends of mine, I keep, I I literally will just text them, and I said, you know, you bring me so much joy.
1: Oh, that's wonderful that you do that. And, and it, it's wonderful.
0: because that, it's you know, we're so quick to call friends when something's wrong and we're in trouble and we need help and we need to whine and we need to complain. But sometimes I just love to tell a friend, like, you know what? You give me fucking joy.
1: Well, that's fantastic. Yeah, that's just, that's the best thing you can possibly do to, um, you know, what the world needs now is love. And yeah. laughter. You know, you really yeah. do. Because you know, it's, well, I don't have to tell you, you 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 know how difficult it is, everything yeah. is. yeah.
0: Yeah. Has anyone in all of your, you know, political work and your activism, has anyone ever come to you and said, run for office?
1: Oh, no, I'm not smart enough.
0: Oh, stop it. I
1: swear to God, I am not smart enough. And this the difference between me and the people who actually hold office is that I'm smart enough to know that I'm not smart enough to be to be in governance, to be Mm -hmm. in lawmaking. These some of these people, you don't have any idea why, in the name of God, they got into politics. They're so lame and they're so stupid, and they don't really give a shit about their constituents. They mostly are there for their, uh, they're mostly there for a cash grab. Right. I really do believe that. I never thought that way when I was a kid. Oh my God, the, this, this country, oh my God, my country, tis of thee. I loved it so much. But I tell you lately, it's, it makes no, absolutely no sense that we're we are being
0: governed by people who are so clueless. I'm sorry. That's it.
1: I have nothing more to say.
0: <laughs> That's good. That's good. That's good. When was the last time you cried watching a movie?
1: Um, good question. I probably cried at beaches. <laughs> I that show was it the last time? <laughs> I show it once a week. No, I'm teasing. Um, <laughs> I cried when I watched a movie. No, but I tell you, I did cry at a book. i cried at a book and it was absolutely great it Mm. was school for good mothers Mm. and i think that's the title it might be i might have switched some words around and i just i bawled like a baby i hadn't cried over a book like that in a long long
0: time that's beautiful
1: oh it's beautiful book it was very it was so it's quite condensed and it's quite um it's actually quite an
0: achievement Yeah, I cried. Bette Midler, (laughs) thank you so much.
1: Oh, you're so welcome, Mark.
0: That was Bette Midler. And that's it for this week's Just for Variety. Thanks for listening. Until next time, make sure to follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Mark Malkin. And for all your breaking and exclusive Hollywood news, go to Variety.com. And don't forget... To follow me and Variety this weekend. We've got the PGAs, we've got the SAG Awards, and so much more. We are in the heat of award season. See you next time.